You are listening to the Body Charge Podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome to the Body Charge Podcast. Today we're going to be talking to Joe Templin, and the topic is building resilience in the midst of global chaos. Reformed physicist, financial planner, startup founder, and autodidactic polymath, best described as a Swiss army knife, Joe Templin has invested the past two and a half plus decades to helping others reach their financial potential as a planner, trainer, mentor, and creator. Joe is the managing director of the Unique Minds Consulting Group and is the author of Everyday Excellence, the Kindle number one new release in professional development. Joe also co-authored Do You Want to Make MDRT or Not? with John Stolk, as well as Choices, Creating a Financial Services Career. Joe is also a co-founder and president of The Intro Machine, an organization dedicated to teaching professionals in a variety of fields how to build an introduction-based business and has spoken all across the US and Canada on ethical business development. That sounds pretty good in today's world, let me tell you. <laughs> we need more ethics. The habit, well, of, yes, <laughs> the habit of overcoming limitations is a theme in his life and his writings. Joe was uh, severely asthmatic, but through his work ethic and love of challenge, has become a martial artist and an ultra-distance runner. Despite a speech impediment, he built a career around, around communicating. So welcome, Joe. Lovely to have you on board today. It, Thank you, Sandy. Good morning over there. Yeah. It sounds like you never accepted the word can't. What is your secret to that? And why are you described as a Swiss army knife? So let's talk about why I can't accept can't first. And that will lead into some of the other things. So I'm a nerd in a lot of ways. I'm a geek. I, I went to school for applied physics. Started college at 13 because my, my parents said 12 was too young to go to college. Um, and in advanced mathematics, we learn that for any given problem, there are no solutions, a unique, perfect, uh, best solution, or an infinite number of potential solutions. And being an optimist, I've endorsed the Stockdale paradox, you know, embrace the bare truth, but never give up hope. I cannot accept that there's never an answer. There's always an answer if you expand your thinking far enough. So there is some solution. And the... I never accepted the fact that there can be only one way, that there's one solution, that there's only one unique way to solve any problem. As the Buddhists say, many roads lead to the mountaintop. There are literally an infinite number of ways to solve a problem. Not all of them are good, but there's always another way. And so that approach has informed my entire life. You know, there's always another way to overcome the obstacle, to get through, to achieve what it is that you want. But if you give up, you're always going to lose. And so one, uh, don't give up. And two, apply your mind to figure out the way. And if you don't give up and keep trying new things, keep figuring it out, keep learning and growing and expanding, you will never ultimately lose. So there's no such thing as no for Joe. 
You like that? It rhymes. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of hard no's, you know, yeah. you know, no means no, as I remind my sons. But you know what? If there's, there's always other potential ways. You know, if she says no, then you know what? You back off and maybe you try another way to get her to actually think that you're not a horrible human being. Yeah, you know? so it's about win-win, isn't it? it you know, yeah. we're social it, creatures. It, we survive right. together So it's not being an extractive mindset. Yeah. It is yeah. being a constructive mindset. And taking a smaller slice of a much bigger pie is ultimately how we all can win overall. And so that open mindset, that growth mindset, as Gluck would talk about, is really how you can get better results for more people. And that's ultimately how we all win in a symbiotic relationship. Yes. So it's all about attitude. 99% attitude. Yeah. And then the other 1% is, you know, don't give up. That's it. Just that inner fortitude, that resilience that we need to claim more of. So, And the... too many people give up way too early. This is, yeah. if you want me to go off on a diatribe, I will on this. But convenience kills. We live in a society that over the past 30, 40 years has made things easier and easier. We have snowplow parents clearing the way. Before that, we had helicopter parents. And so kids are not told no. Kids are not learning to solve things with limitations. My mom used to kick us outside and said, don't die, see you at lunch. And so, <laughs> you know, I have raised my sons where, like, literally, they go to school or, you know, I'm heading into the office or whatever, or heading on a trip, and they're like, have fun, don't die. And that is the attitude that leads to long-range growth because, yeah, you're going to get scars, but scars are lessons. And in the old days, it used to hurt to be stupid. Now it doesn't. And so people can be stupid for an extended period of time. And so the price that they have to pay actually compounds with tremendous interest. And so we have an entire generation of individuals who are unprepared for the world. And so when they are suddenly faced with reality, it hurts and it hurts bad. Yeah, I think a baby boom has created this scenario and, and a lot of it unintentionally because I'm part of that group and I grew up really in a tough environment, very poor. We were poor. My parents were poor migrants to Australia. They came with a suitcase and they had to build everything from scratch. And we went for a long time without a car. And I felt so blessed to get the first black and white TV. <laughs> no. And so growing up with adversity, you appreciate things. But when yes. you're growing up in a world where you have literally had everything, where you haven't had to work for things, where there's no delayed gratification because we have microwave ovens and minute rice and you, you know Uber and DoorDash delivering food to your door immediately. There is not this connection of, I have to work hard and I have to wait. I grew up on a farm and so we knew about the natural cycle of time. You do the work in the spring, you can have your harvest in the fall. You put forth effort now, you get your rewards down the road. And that delayed gratification is something that's been disconnected. Yeah, well, we don't get we don't get taught that. So, in a sense, I was I was a single mum for quite a few years in between two marriages, so I still had it tough. We still went with my two children to the supermarket using the calculator, and sometimes had to put the ice cream back. So, mm -hmm. but I weathered through it and got through it and got the resilience because of my upbringing. And I thought, oh, all that suffering, I want to protect my children because I'm a good mother. And so exactly. I didn't put them through the same kind of hardships. 
and so it's taken them longer to grow up uh, so they when they went in the world they fell into a lot of potholes you know I, I said to them the world is like snakes and ladders there are potholes and there are ladders and you have to try and find the ladders and avoid the potholes and in the beginning if they're not forewarned and forearmed they'll, they'll fall into traps but it's, it's this ability to analyze and think okay well I'm not going to do that again and to burn that into your memory and to move forward and to improve with self-analysis would you say that and that's one of the word areas where common sense comes from you touch the stove it's hot you don't do that again you do something and dad smacks you with the belt you realize that hurt that was a bad thing i'm not going to do it again and so i joke them the worst scoutmaster and worst parent ever because i've taught my kids to that and so like I've got two generations of scouts that really admit I'm the worst scoutmaster ever because I tell them no. I tell them to figure it out. I'm like, nope, not yeah. going to change. Go, go, go do it. Now, when you think Too about bad. it, when you think about it, we, we go to the gym if we want to build our muscles up. If we want to make our muscles stronger, we have to go through some pain and some burning to train those muscles to accommodate um, more activity and uh, heavier weights and you know we have to train the heart you know as you're a long distance runner so you need to do training so you can do that you just can't get up and do that without having trained first right resistance builds strength and so uh ryan holiday wrote the book the obstacle is the way you know um malcolm gladwell talks about desired difficulties i go out and i do things that i say beforehand this is going to suck and it's going to make me better so last year I was training for an ultra marathon uh, overall, and I got home at like eight, eight thirty. It's you know um, early summer, so there's still light out and everything. But a storms coming in, I'm like, ah, I can go down and like run on the treadmill. Oh, I can just not run. I'm like, no, I'm going outside. And I went outside for a five mile run, and about two miles into it, it started raining. So you get the squishy feet, which I hate, and everything. Rain's coming down. It's cold and nasty. The wind. I'm like, this is horrible. I hate this. Why did I do this? I'm like, oh, yeah, because it sucks. And doing stuff that sucks will make me better. And I got home. I took a nice hot shower. I'm like, oh, this feels so good. And so it's choosing those moments of difficulty when you don't have to so that you build the strength and resilience so that you have it when you don't think that you do. Yeah. So we're all going to have parents that get older. I mean, we're going to have friends who develop cancer and, you know, pass on way too early. We're going to have problems with our kids. We're going to have issues with work. So it's choosing to face these difficulties as opposed to live in a bubble that makes us able to get through these storms. And one of my friends um, who's gone through some pretty bad stuff in his life actually said that I am the most resilient person he's ever met. I'm like, can I quote you that from that and put it on the back of the book? So that's like right on the back of the book because that is ultimately one trying to show other people and teach them because yeah i'm wicked smart you know i was gifted with a great brain but i'm also irish so i'm too stupid to give up in a lot of ways so that's why i've done you know fighting and been a world champion that's why i do ultra marathons even though i hate running that's the reason why i mean i had a speech impediment and uh you can't really see it but a year a little over a year ago i had mouth surgery because they thought i had mouth cancer turns out it's just nerve damage but I always look like I just got in a fight and I always sound like I've had a couple of drinks, even though I haven't been drinking yet, unfortunately. Um, oh, you've got a full it me. Is just, 
it's just the way it is. You know, I'm always pink like this. It's just natural. Rosie, red okay, cheeks, you look very healthy, like you've just finished a marathon. <laughs> oh, when I finish a marathon, I look like, you know, I look horrible. I'm sweaty. I'm red. I'm gross. I mean, and you know, I'm not the fleet deer. I look like a broken down pirate. You know, too long at sea. But you know what? I do it, and, and then, I'm better than the person sitting on the couch. And then and you have to almost recover. everybody has more natural talent than I do, but they don't have the will. The and tenacity. And so, to succeed in life, you need two things: you need yeah. skill set, and you need will set. And will set will carry you much further because you don't give up during the tough times. Yeah, that's a little. We call it in Australia being a stubborn shit. Stubborn. <laughs> Move to Austria. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's tenacity. It's just a mindset. Actually, Stuart Wilde used to call it just a click of the mind. It's it's really happening all up here, and the body follows. So so mind is really if you learn to master mind, it controls the the weakness of the flesh. Exactly, it's, and that was one of the best things about martial arts is it taught you to when you're in pain, when you're ready to give up, your spirit can carry you beyond that. It's all your spirit and your mind, and the yes. mind who gives up before your spirit if you trained it. And so, like, during my first ultra marathon, I was 40 plus miles into a double marathon, so 52-ish miles, and I had nothing left physically. It was all guts, all spirit pulling me at that point. Yes, and, and it's visualization, too, and creativity. I did a Warriors in the Mist course with Stuart Wilde many years ago in Zapapa, New Mexico, beautiful part of the country. And yes. part of that was um, we did a course in the Zen of archery and we were taught to imagine the arrow going into the bullseye. So after we learned like the mechanics of it, we, we shouldn't think of now I've got to pull my hand this way and, and put my head there and look through one. Up. No, no, you, you have to visualize the arrow going into the target and then let go and allow the body to do its own thing because you've set the program the dance dances the dancer so i actually have a story about that sort of thing as a martial artist my first uh, really big tournament that i was trained for i trained every day you know get up in the morning and train train at night so three four hours a day around my work and all that and you know for six plus months but every morning when i would wake up and every night when i was going to sleep i would visualize how i was going to win that tournament with an instant hook kick to the guy's head every single morning every single night for six months when it came down to the last fight of the tournament the last point i won it in exactly the way that i had visualized for months and dr julie bell is a sports psychologist who i've worked with in the past and in her book the mind of the champion she talks about the pre-visioning the planning the experiencing it so that you can literally have that feeling in your mind and body and then you just translate into reality at that moment and this is something that we actually do in some ways with my special needs kids is we play the what if game hey what if this happens what if this happens and it allows them to develop strategic thinking that most big people actually don't have because people just react as opposed to being proactive yeah reacting without thinking which means that you're more behaving like a robot with someone else's program 
Um, and actually, you're more behaving like an animal. Yeah. And so when you do that, you can't use your higher functions. So this is one of the things that my special forces friends do is that they train and train and train. You will not rise to the level of your ideals. You will fall to the level of your training, as the old stoic saying goes. And so if you're training and training and make it unconscious competence in stuff and you get to the point where you don't have to think, you're going to react and be able to just do. It doesn't matter if it's in business or sports or art or cooking or reacting to you know something happening with your kids, it gets you that higher level. And in the early stages of it, when it's still uncomfortable, when you're still learning it, when you're still embedding it into your mental systems, that is where most people give up. As soon as it gets difficult, they decide to ditch. Yeah, it's almost like a self-sabotage, isn't it? It's like some kind of programming where they don't believe in themselves anymore and yet they're shortchanging themselves because if they change their belief then anything is possible yeah it's a lack of discipline in a lot of ways i mean if you go to the gym three weeks after the start of the calendar year guess what that gym that a week earlier was packed is now empty because when it starts getting difficult is when people give up when i started in taekwondo 35 plus years ago it was a month before the movie The Karate Kid came out the first time. And then, you know, so I'm going on Saturday and there's like, you know, 15 of us there and all that. Then the movie comes out and there's 100 plus kids there. Because they all want to be the Karate Kid. Within three weeks, it was down to like five of them. It's a fad, yeah. Yeah, and one of the 100 remained long term. Yeah, so it's also connecting with the passion of something, isn't it? And I think when you get a kind of herd mentality happening, um, that herd is just following what someone else next to them is doing, whereas they're not connecting with their individual passion or what is it that you love to do. You know, if you got up in the morning and what, what would you do without any payment for any money? What would you do for fun and interest and that keeps you engaged what would you yeah, do? I mean, the, the old question of if you hit the lottery for 50 million, what are you going to do the next day? I'm getting up and I'm going to work because I love what I do. I help people for a living. So I'm going to get up at 4.30 in the morning. This morning I slept until 5, actually. Um, so I'll get up at 4.30 in the morning. I'll get up. I'll do my morning reading. I'll do my morning workout and all that. And I'm going to the office because I've got a job to do. i got people to help. It doesn't matter if there's no money in the bank where suddenly there's 50 million in there. I'm on a mission. Mission, so, that's a, the key, as, isn't it? We have to find our it mission. It is. And as Nietzsche said, if a man has a strong enough why, he'll overcome any how. Simon Sinek talks about the why all the time. When I'm working with young people within certain career paths, it's like, what is your why? Because if it's not strong enough, you're going to quit because there are going to be bad days. Yes, and, and so, overcoming obstacles. You mentioned earlier that there are many paths up the same mountain. I, I like right. to I like to use that analogy all the time because if it's not this way, we'll try another way. So the Buddhists say, be like the water that flows around and you just find right. the right pathway to get to the destination because you have the and right mindset. And there is always a, a right way. So one, I've got a bunch of friends who are firefighters and when they're talking with young firefighters in terms of training, it's like, okay, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, uh, can't go through the door because there's fire behind it. Okay, can't go through the window with the, because, you know, it's got bars over it or whatever. You know, what do you do? 
And you know, the ones who like uh, you give up, it's like, no, there's people in there you need to save. So you're going to find a way or you're going to make a way. You're going to make a hole in that wall if need be because those people are going to die if you don't do your job. Yeah, that's visualizing the target. Have that attitude. Visual, right? Visualizing the target and seeing the goal and using your creativity to find that other path that works. And the reason why you're going to find that path, <coughs> excuse me, mild case of bubonic plague here. Um, the reason why it's so important to get there is because it is the why is so powerful. It is more important than breathing in terms of gathering that knowledge or building this business or taking care of this person. You know, when your entire being resonates with you needing to do this because of a greater mission, nothing is going to stop you. And that is, if you can find those things in your life, that's how you have true success. Because yes. it's no longer work. It's, as we said, a mission. It's fun. It's fun. So I like in. Um, well, it's not always fun. Sometimes it sucks. It's hard. But it's, it's hard. it needs to be done because if I don't do this, yeah. then the good doesn't happen. Yeah. So, so my, my analogy is it's it's a game. It's like a gamer. So it's you have to use skill and practice, and you have to do some hard things, and the monsters are coming, and you've only got so many points. And you need to get some more points and some more ammunition or, you know, it's all the game and what keeps your interest. And I use this analogy all the time. So I'm not getting older. I'm leveling up. So it, that that's one thing. I like but that. You know, we all want to, like, you know, get to the castle, save the princess, get the gold, whatever. We have to beat the boss. And so in this game of life, sometimes you need to take side quests off your main quest. You need to go into that tavern and talk to the weird old man, typically me. To get the knowledge you need to you know go and take the day and rest and recover to recharge and get those hit points back so that you can fight the next battle yes you need to collect the resources or the people and so don't look at all these things that other people might call as failures in your life try and extract from them what you need to be successful in the grander scheme of things so if you have that tower in the distance that you're trying to get to if you've got that goal that beacon that you're working towards that mission that you're on you will look at things differently and you'll draw from these other resources and instead of sitting there on the couch eating cheetos and watching the bachelor you're going to do what it takes to improve yourself so that you can move forward with this and that is the entire principle behind everyday excellence the book yes and i you mentioned earlier too something about the spiritual element so how do people find their why and find their mission so that they can step by step scale that mountain and get to fulfill what they came here to do? And I believe we're all here for a, a very important reason. We're here to contribute. We're here to contribute to the whole journey of humanity the best way we can with our talents, skills and abilities, our whatever hand of cards that we got dealt with. Um, no. And I don't believe that... that um, Things happen for nothing. There's always a reason. So when when something unexpected happens that I didn't plan for, and it's not pleasant, it's yucky, I think, okay, this happened for a reason. This is going to make me better somehow. I need to learn something from this. It's a message. It's something for me to do something different. So I don't, that gets rid of my fear because I know that, in a sense, I'm being guided. I'm on my mission. When you're on your mission, 
even if you make a so-called mistake, somehow it turns into a good thing that contributes to the mission. Only you didn't see it in the beginning, but in hindsight, 2020 vision, you go, oh, wow, if that hadn't have happened, this other good thing wouldn't have happened. So overall, it's all happening the way it should. All about attitude. saying that if it's not fatal, it's fixable. Yes. So as long as, you know, the, the old uh, uh, meme from the bachelor party, uh, I think it was, um, you know, but did you die? You <laughs> move forward. So, you know, having that approach and what you were talking about, extracting the good from things. My father taught me years ago that in any situation, in any conference you attend, any class you take, any book you read, any discussion you have with a person, that you need to extract the pearl of wisdom from that. And pearls very often come about because of something gritty, something getting in there and irritating. And yeah, it's a slap in the face. Builds. You know, yeah. the slap out of it, get snap out of oh, it. <laughs> yeah, that's a Tory moment or whatever. But you, if you can extract something useful from that, it was a good learning experience. And as long as you didn't die, then you can keep moving forward. In the game and of life. that's the attitude that my 80 plus year old father taught me years ago. So, so getting back to the world that we find ourselves in, which has um, got a lot of people that haven't learned those basic lessons because they've been cushioned too much. How do they become trained? I mean, we're we're heading for a lot of crises, which has hit several parts of the planet already. The zeitgeist of the time is, you know, lack and you'll be getting less and less and there are food shortages coming and you just listen to the media and the messages are always there. You've got to be afraid of a virus. You've got to be afraid of this. You're not going to have enough food. You're not going to have enough this. Uh, So this is um, a very destructive kind of program that will sabotage many people's mindsets. But on an individual level, they they could look at it and go, no, not this little black duck. I don't agree. I'm doing my own thing. I have a mission to fulfill regardless of what's going on around me. So what do you have to say about that? So too many people are focused on external validation in a lot of ways that they need the likes on Facebook or Instagram. They need the flashy card. They need the other people to say, good job, here's your gold star. Okay, And as a runner and martial artist, I learned long ago that for the most part, you don't need that. It's you versus you. Okay, So if you can be better, if you can increase your skill set, if you can increase your pain tolerance, if you can choose to do the difficult things, so say, you know what? I'm not going to have this. You know, I love donuts is the example. And so I gave up donuts for life. I did not have a donut for 40 days. Okay. So I can choose to, I'm not going to drink for two weeks just because not because it's externally you know, imposed, just because I'm going to prove to myself that I can do it. I'm just going to go through these things. And so if you start doing that with little things, you develop resilience the same way that you would a muscle essentially. And the more you use it, the greater your skill becomes and the greater your strength with it. And so choosing those little difficult things when you don't have to allows you to be able to say, oh, that's not a big deal. Oh, you know, the company closed. All right. I guess we're going to have to rebuild. Can't get eggs from the supermarket today? Well, too bad. We'll have porridge or you just find another pathway. Exactly. And so if you don't 
need those things, if you're not addicted to them, if you can live without because you've trained yourself to do that whenever need be, it's not an externally imposed hardship. And so this is a very stoic thing going back to the original stoics that you should choose a couple of days out of every month and year to live the harsh life just because training and you can say you know is this as bad as it gets yeah okay and usually our fear is worse than the actual reality when we create more demons in our minds and imagination than just and fear is used to manipulate people so if you are not a slave to fear no one can pull your strings no one can make you react to things no one can make you do things that you don't want to do that's not part of your mission fear no. is the key for others to to um, override your own will and your own mission and fear is control and control. why do you think the media is in the business of fear-mongering. Because it's a it's control mechanism. Mm -hmm. And if you want to stay free, truly free and independent, you have to go, oh, I can't have that? Oh, well, that's fine. I'll do something else. And just be flexible. And if they constantly just pound fear of different varieties into it, was that due to the people's mindset? Was that due to their body? I mean, they start producing cortisol. They're under stress all the time. Well, they're going to yes. break down. They're easy to manipulate. That, exactly. That's why um, my business is supplying magnesium, transdermal magnesium with electromagnesium because under stress, the kidneys release too much magnesium. So we lose a lot under stress and it's the master mineral electrolyte. And you mentioned before recovery from your marathons. So any kind of stress will require a good amount of recovery and how you do that is you drink lots of water obviously and you put the electrolytes back into you and magnesium being the master electrolyte it it um enhances the way the other electrolytes work so when the, when they don't do the right thing it's usually because magnesium has gone down first so through the skin we can get a lot of magnesium obviously you need it also in your diet in your food in your drinking water um we can never really I think get too much magnesium with the levels of stress we're under today the danger is in not getting too much the danger is in not getting enough and then when you recover and your electrical system is recharged uh, you can go out and fight some more <laughs> well my second ultra marathon was 100 kilometers so 62 and a half miles my first one was a double marathon so 52 and a half I did the second one six months after the first one um, and just by focusing a, a little bit on my training, but more on my nutrition and like getting more magnesium and the other things while I was doing it, I was able to do 10 miles more in four hours less. Wow. So it's really understanding how to be a good caretaker of your body. I think your body is like a garden and the cells are a garden, are plants and you know, what does that garden bed need to produce the best uh, fruits and vegetables? It needs air and water and minerals. The pH has to be right. It needs sunshine. So we actually need, we're like those plants with legs. We, we need all of those same things for our electrical system to function properly. And so to build resilience, we've talked a lot about mind, but you can't really separate mind body and soul they all go together yep. we're one piece 
one whole entity. And as soon it's as you the try three components that we talk about in martial arts. Yep. And my martial arts master taught me decades ago, you dig your grave with your teeth. Yeah. So it what you're taking in and what you're not taking in. You know, so That's choosing sugar, to sugar is so oh toxic. sugar is as addictive as cocaine and to the body. And, and it depresses your ability to use magnesium. And the lower the magnesium gets, the more sugar sensitive you become. But as you lift magnesium in the cells, your sugar sensitivity dissipates. So it's like a seesaw effect because it directly relates to metabolism. And that then impacts, you know, your insulin and all these other things. Yes. In the United States, 40% of adults are obese. 40%. 20% of our kids are severely overweight. Yes. And that is between the sedentary lifestyle and what they're putting in their mouths. So the combination of the two. And so as the parents, I can't control the sedentary lifestyle nearly as much. I can control the food that comes in the house and the supplements that they're getting what's going in their mouth, which ultimately is going to be as valuable. Yes, so that's just a symptom of toxicity. We get clogged, clogged with um, toxins that, that um, are overproduced, that don't come out of the body fast enough. You don't get enough air, water, oxygen to push things through, and then it stagnates and it causes disease. There you go. We, we just that's, need- That's why everyone need, should get move. a good sweat every day. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, tell Merrick Health, Telomeric health is based on, you know, you, if you're not getting 30 minutes of good aerobic activity every day, you're actually accelerating the breakdown of your body on a genetic level. And the aerobics and so, give when, you a great endorphin release and you feel so happy afterwards. Yep, and you get that sweat and, you know, anything that's bad in your system is literally coming on out. Yes. And so, you know, I have friends who, like, rarely sweat and then there's, you know, my... Uh, ultra runner friends who sweat a lot every single day and with the same sort of diets and everything you can literally smell the difference between the two of them this one the one who doesn't you know sweat on a regular basis smells like crap because you know, they got I, drunk coming I, out of their system when i was younger i used to um, be envious of my fellow comrades that didn't sweat because i sweated profusely I was a, a dancer in my younger years and I, I would just be like drenched and the water would pour out of me and I'd have to pour a lot back. But as you said, you don't smell. Uh, your toxins are released and washed through. You get a good rinse. I, I could take my training uniforms from Taekwondo, literally run them through the shower and hang them out. And that's all it would take because, there, you know, yeah, there was various salts that came out of my system. Yes, that was we, basically it because all the poison, you know, was out yeah. immediately. Yes. Well, sweat contains the toxic wastes from the lymph uh, and also um, electrolytes. So that's why you need to drink the water and electrolytes and put them back in. And then you've replaced toxins with good stuff that feed yeah. your electrolytes. The biggest energy. filter in the human body is actually the skin. Yes. By right. far. It's the largest organ. It's by far the largest filter. It, it is indeed. And that's one of the reasons we use uh, transdermal magnesium because people's digestive systems today aren't working very well. Their gut bacteria is not digest helping them digest um, for various reasons. They might be eating well, but not digesting and not actually getting those nutrients passing through the bowel wall. 
So through the skin, it's quicker, faster, uh, the body is in control, it takes up the magnesium it needs. The skin is like a reservoir, it's like a big dinner plate. So when we, we put the nutrition inside that dinner plate, not only does it make your skin look better and healthier, um, but you're serving, if you were going on a marathon run, for instance, and you, you put magnesium cream or lotion all over your body, it would be inside that epidermal layer supplying you with magnesium for hours afterwards. And so that's very helpful when you're running, when you're doing exercise, um, anything like that where you need a reserve. How often do you see sometimes an athlete in a marathon and they look really fit and then they have a heart attack in the middle of the run? That's when magnesium gets too so often. low. Yeah, too low. And Especially when you're talking not just marathons, but when you're talking these ultra distances where it's, 15 18 24 hours of physical activity you know what it you're beyond the normal reserves and so you have to look for those alternative ways to supplement or else you're going to feel it you're going to pay the price that's it that's it so these are all extra pathways up the same mountain somehow or other we have to have the goal of getting enough magnesium enough water enough other nutrients and if the digestive system isn't helping then we need to find other ways to do that to get to the goal um, ideally you know we would live in a nice pristine environment without all the pollution and we wouldn't have to do so many things to stay healthy and to keep our balance but it's not the world we live in today so there's a lot more work required to rebalance all the time and to recover. Yeah, you're talking the massless, frictionist, perfect world of physics textbooks, which only exists in textbooks. Yes, it's an ideal. It's an ideal. But it's good to have ideals to aim towards. So I, I'm exactly. hoping That's for what a, we work towards. I'm hoping for less pollution and less chemicals in the environment and, you know, a better place for our kids to grow up, happier place and a place where they can be free and more themselves. Um, so um, thank you so much, Joe, for um, having this great discussion. I've so enjoyed it. And I think people will get a lot out of it. Uh, it's, uh, it's a really good tool to, to understand that you are the master of your destiny, of your mind. You, you can be the master over your body, the caretaker, but you need to have your why in place. Would you summarize it that way? Yes. So um, it comes down to as two things. As they say in the Bible, a people without a vision will perish. So have that vision, and then you can do the steps that it takes, whether it's for a marathon, an ultra marathon, a 5K, uh, you know, losing 10 pounds. Because as Zeno Saitium, the founder of Stoicism, said, well-being is no small thing, but it's made up of little steps. And the little things, the little choices that you make every day is what leads to your everyday excellence. Little steps. And they're bite-sized steps and where people can feel success because they've chosen smaller goals to get to the bigger one. That's another key. Don't go yep. straight away for the top. You know, do it in steps so that you feel a sense of achievement. As you take another step and another step, you can pat yourself on the back or you did that. And yep. Yeah, yeah. So how can people reach you if they um, want to explore more of your writings and the things that you do? 
So uh, the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and everywhere else that you can find books. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or on Facebook. Both of those are at EDE with Joe. That's at EDE for Everyday Excellence with Joe. Or they can go to the website. Uh, they can purchase books there. But six days a week, I put up a micro blog. So a real small step, really. A little bit of additional information and guidance. And that is everyday-excellence.com. Everyday-excellence.com. I think we need, all of us need good mentors. And you would be a really good mentor for people. Um, really refreshing um, ideas and very liberating um, so um, good luck with everything and hopefully we can do another interview down the track thank you so much joe sandy i would love it i look forward to it thank you for bringing me on i hope that i add value to people be excellent and grow today oh thank you cheers bye the goal of the Body Charge podcast is to bring you empowering healthy lifestyle tips and information about how magnesium can help to alleviate stress and deficiency symptoms. More than ever before, we all need to be mindful of how to strengthen, support and defend our body and mind for a more rewarding and joyful life. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share with others. If you wish to be notified of new Body Charge podcasts, you can subscribe at wherever you get your podcasts. To be notified of new blogs and product special offers, please subscribe to our newsletters at electromagnesium.com.au.